Alright, good morning, good afternoon, good day. Hi, this is Tony DeVale, founder of Life Masters and author of Swift Success. I'm also the developer of the ClearX Profit and Business Optimization System for Leadership and Entrepreneurs to Transform Their Life and Their Business. Today I want to talk to you about the system on how you can turn around your business and why this model is so powerful. I've spent the last wow, 35 plus years involved in leadership, team building, business development. I've been an entrepreneur for most of my life and I've been able to discover some of the best tools in the world that you can use to actually impact the bottom line. There are so many things that you can do, but will they actually transform your business? Will they transform your bottom line? And so today I want to give you an introduction to my ClearX profit system so that you don't have to waste time running around doing things that may or may not improve the business. And it's your triple bottom line. Sure, there's profits. It's important. But profits are like oxygen. If you're just in business just for money, that's a very, very thin. There's no soul in that girl at all. But if you have a positive business that's about improving and transforming lives and using business as a model for positive change and influence and impact in the world, then there's meaning for the people around you and for yourself. So think about it. As you listen to my introduction, we'll be about 50 minutes or so. If you're in business just for money, what's going to shift for you to get some soul in your goal? So let's talk about this whole thing of, of business and the five greatest threats to your rapid business growth. I always believe if we're going to thrive and flourish in this world that's constantly changing, we need to rethink our strategies and our systems and the visions that we have for ourselves and our business. Because for me, it's very clear from the past results that we've managed to create a world where very few people win. Less than 5 to 10% of people win, uh, have a meaningful life, that have financial stability, that enjoy, love, be, do and have everything that they would like to. The challenge that I think is we come from such a competitive environment that you have to lose so I can win. And I just think that kind of, that's a lose-lose situation for me. You might think you've won. Maybe you've got more money or you beat the other person. But if you, if you come from that level of ego and fear base that you have to try and beat somebody rather than collaborate and communicate and connect and uplift, then you're also coming from a fear-based environment. And so I think if you've got your staff in your organization, think about it. Just extrapolate until they're 50 or 60. What kind of financial stability will they have and have had with you? You might say, well, it's not your responsibility. And I don't think that's the attitude and the mindset that a leader needs to have today. If people are in your business, they're giving their life for the business. The business is just a piece of paper. So what are they really getting back in exchange for them giving their soul to you? And I think we need to change from using our, our staff as pawns in the game of bullying and, and brute force so that we can get away from this glory-seeking, look how good I am, look how big my car is, look how big my bank account is, to something where we're creating something clearer, a, a clearer vision, because I think the old way, the old insanity way needs to shift. I think we need different mindsets. We need mindsets that are agile and flexible and resilient and synergistic and innovative that we can do a whole lot more with the resources we have. I think we need to include all stakeholders and not just shareholders in the model for creating success. I think we need to build organizations and cultures and teamwork where there's high levels of trust and we're high performance and it, it's a great place to work, where people love to come to work. And I know from the research uh, around Gallup that engagement levels and happiness at work levels are so low. They're, they're less than 30% typically across the board. And so you've got a, a very low engagement with at least half of your staff. Imagine this. You know, we, people talk about engagement and talent retention. But I can promise you at least half of your staff, if a better opportunity came along, would go. And we have research from Gallup that says people that are happier at work and have positive relationships they used to say, well, you, le you join a business for its vision, but you leave because of your relationship with your upline manager. Well, new research shows that the more important contributing factor for people's happiness and staying in an organization are the peer relationships. So it's not the up and down vertical relationship that's got 100% impact. It's the peer relationships that people have with those around them in their team in this diverse environment 
as well as the, the next level up in the, in the management situation. Let me ask you this question. Are your staff slaves, serfs, or superstars? Because I just think that if we're running a business purely about the numbers, about the money, that's greed. For me, that's what I call greedership, and there's no real leadership in that kind of process. And at least 80% of the staff that I see when we do our research are highly stressed, they're highly disengaged, doing just what they have to get their money. But there's very little meaning and magic and motivation in their workplace with what they're doing. We know that engagement is a dismal. And so for me, we have to bring a new appreciative style approach to work, to what we do, to how we add value and meaning and, and worth to the world. So how do you become a potent team? What's going to happen for you to increase engagement, enhance happiness at work, that you can become a high-performance organization? Because we know from the work of Professor Andre Duval, he's not relationship to me, Tony Duval at all. He's done extensive academic-level work on the five core pillars that ensure that you build a high-performance organization and actually impact the bottom line. So what I've taken is I've distilled down all of my studies and my research, and if you see my library, I've hunt, I'm into the three or 4,000 books and terabytes of audio and video data. So I'm constantly scanning the world and then using what I've discovered and creating a recipe that I use in the workplace in the, when we do work with organizations to improve their teamwork and their leadership and their culture and their engagement and happiness. And so my ClearX framework that I've put together is about bringing back work and business to a sole purpose, that you can love what you do, that you enjoy what you do, that we can create a new world of work that's sustainable and supportive and, and sane. So for me, it's about getting you to rethink how we, we're leading, how we're learning, how we're living, how we're loving, and what kind of legacy are we going to leave the people around us? How do we develop a workforce and a team that's resilient and reliable and ready to handle the the challenges that are coming towards us with the ever-increasing competition that we have in the world. So how do we raise your business consciousness? And to do this and to support this so that you can make more money, that you can have a high-performance organization, that you can have a high-performance team, that you can have happier staff, that you can have a cohesive, holistic, positive workplace, my ClearX framework has got five core pillars. And the first pillar is culture. Your organizational culture. Do you have a high performance culture? What is it like to work? Is it a constructive, uplifting, supportive? Is it transparent? Is there positive teamwork? Because we know from our research that context and culture have at least 40 to 50 to 60% of the impact on your commercial and financial performance. Now, most people when you talk to them about culture, they go a little bit blank because they're not too sure of what it is because it's not that tangible for many leaders because they're not looking for it. Their reticular activation system is focusing on other things. But you all do have a culture in your organization. The question is, is it an uplifting, encouraging, engaging, and positive culture or is it a divisive, demeaning, depreciating kind of environment where there's a fear-based rather than a a positive-based approach happening. The second pillar in my clear, ClearX framework is leadership because we know that leadership creates the context. Leadership creates the culture. And I know people like Tony Shea from Zappos who said when he had his first business, they neglected culture and eventually they got to the point where they hated coming to work. And he said it was because of what had happened to the culture because they let it just be and it derived and became what it became without any kind of conscious guidance and focus and organization. And he said the next organization that he was going to build when he got into Zappos would have the ideal culture. And he says even if you're a small business, culture is the number one thing that you have to be aware of and conscious of as you're going to build as an entrepreneur, as a manager, and as a leader. And so as a leader, my question is to you is, are you conscious? Are you effective? Are you developing and growing yourself with all of the new tools and technologies and understandings? We have all the new neuroleadership technologies. But what I'm seeing is so many people are peddling so hard trying to make more money, typically, or handle the pressure that's onto them, that they never sharpen the saw, as Stephen Covey says. They're never improving and enhancing. So... 
My question to you is, when last did you go on some kind of educational process to up your leadership game? That you're more conscious, you're more aware, you're more astute, you're more mindful. And so we know that leadership is vital. What is your leadership pipeline like in your organization? If you stepped down, if you got ill, if you got sick, how good is the leadership behind you? Because if you're the smartest person in the room, you're making a big mistake. You're in the wrong room and you're building the wrong kind of team. The third one is engagement for the, the clear framework is culture, leadership, and then engagement and energy. What is the workplace like? What is your engagement like? What is the happiness levels at work like? Are people flourishing and thriving? Is there positive well-being? Or is this a, a hot kitchen where people come because they get paid their meager money to be there and they are not in the happier space? I've been in, in workshops and organizations where I've seen people screaming at their staff, physically throwing things, having a tantrum and screaming. And so now you've got crying staff, you've got fearful staff, and you truly cannot expect your people to bring their best if you're that kind of a greeter. And he's what I would call a bleeder because you're destroying and you're breaking your most valuable assets. How do you create a workplace that's got positive well-being, where people thrive and flourish and grow and fly and they love coming to work? They wake up and, you know, I always joke about, I used to be a DJ in a club and work till unbelievably late hours, like four or five in the morning. And sometimes I used to wake up and be totally exhausted. And sometimes if you have the energy, you can wake up and say, good morning, God. And if you don't have the energy and it's been quite a hard night, you can say, good God, it's morning. So what do your staff say when they wake up? Yay, I'm going to work. Was it, oh my goodness, I gotta, you know, I gotta go and work for that SOB again. The fourth leg of my Clearex framework is appreciative action. It's changing the environment that you have. If you know my book, Swift Success, there's a strategic model around Swift, but it's about a positive action process. Most people do problem solving, they point fingers, and so there's defensiveness and avoidance. And people are scared to step up and say, yeah, I made a mistake or that was me. And so we have this blaming, naming, shaming. And that's the worst thing. If you understand human consciousness, shaming and blaming is one of the most destructive approaches you can have. So do you have a, an appreciative, inclusive workplace where you, you get people together? Do they have the right mindsets where people are collaborative? Are you creating something sustainable for a long-term vision? Do you have a positive workplace? Do you have a positive energy? Now, often people come to me for team building, and the frustration is they come because they want to go and play some nebulous game. But what they really, really need is to change the heartbeat and the soul of their organization. And so maybe you need to do some what I call corporate soul surgeries, just reevaluate, reassess, realign, re-energize to something that's got meaning for the people beyond just the money. And the R for the ClearX framework is readiness. We know from our new research around mindsets, that mindsets are more important than skill sets. I'm not saying skill sets aren't important, but we now know that if you're going to employ somebody, they might have the right skill set, but if they have the wrong mindset and those 21 qualities are in the wrong priority or the wrong quantity or the wrong level, it doesn't matter if you've got a genius skill set for the bad mindset and a bad attitude. And so we now have a process where you can assess the mindsets. You can then, from your own frame of reference, you can look at what kind of mindset would be ideal in your workplace. And we also know that psychological capital is such an important component of building the individual because when you build the individual, that group becomes the team. So you're able to build a team. And when you build the teams, you can build the department. And when you build that department, you can then start to build a high-performance organization. Do your staff have the right mindsets? And, and what are the, those mindset qualities? What are their priorities that you have the need for in your workplace? Do your staff have the right psychological capital? Do they have their identity of self-efficacy and resilience and the qualities that you need to build robust and rugged and resilient people with grit that can make sure that stuff happens as competition and as the kitchen gets hotter? And are you ensuring that staff are on this constant learning and development? On the web today, you can get just about anything free that you want. So availability is free and accessibility, but it's the execution and application. And that's the X part of my system. You know, you might have the right mindsets and the right psychological capital and you have learning. But at the end of the day, the magic part of this whole process is are you executing effectively and excellently? Because you can have all of these positive things. 
But when it come, when the rubber meets the road, if that's not, if the execution doesn't happen, if you don't have the trust levels and the relationships and everything working together, like a Ferrari or a racing car, you know, everything has to be in balance. Everything has to be synergistic. Everything has to be in peak performance and highest quality. And then you can create a really incredible high performance organization. So what we do with the whole process of the Clerix framework is because we've been doing this for so long, we understand the process. And so we have pre and post interviews and assessments and we bring a whole lot of technologies that transform people deeply and profoundly on a long-term sustainable basis. We used models like appreciative inquiry and ADCAR for change management technologies. We make sure that your team dynamics are right, that the trust levels, the communication levels, the structure of the teams that are there. We work with processes that accelerate trust building because you can have everything around, but if you don't have high real trust, you're paying a huge tax in your performance. Everything that we do is absolutely customized specifically to the situation and the, and the circumstances we find. But the focus is on building high-performance people to build high-performance teams to build a high-performance business. And so many times I see people, they're addressing the symptoms. They're putting a Band-Aid on a cancer. You need to address the real core issue, get to the heart of the matter. And then once you've got that and you've started to realign and re-energize and refocus, you need ongoing support and coaching and mentoring that help people to embed this and inculcate this new thinking style, new belief style, and new team style into their core DNA of who they are. But for me, the real important thing is being able to partner with somebody like yourself as an organization to build a win-win relationship so that you get the best return on your investment where you develop the people, you build the business, you grow your leadership, you build that fundamental grit, what I call a grit and go mindset mastery. Because once you have this clear foundation, now you can build anything that you want. So I'd like to share a little bit about the the clear phases because I have five phases that we address. And often when we work with people, we've had companies that have gone from 200 million to 800 million per annum income. We've had guys that have gone from 30 million to 50 million. We've had people double their sales in 90 days. Anything that you do for me needs to have an impact beyond just the money. We use money as a measurement, but we can, we can also now measure the human element part of that process. And so the levels that we use to work with is step number one is to build this clear foundation. We need the self, the individual to have mastery, to have consciousness, to have awareness, to have a new identity. Because then that allows us to go to level two, and that's to build a potent, powerful team and positive peer relationships that they can support each other and coach each other. And then you have the ability to build your departmental integrity and mission congruency and enhanced leadership. We are like biological beings. If one cell is not happy, that will infect and affect one of the organs. And if that one's not happy, it will affect the, the system and, and the body. And we know that a business is a biological system. And so in biology, 10% of a system controls a system. So whatever size of your organization is, count to work out 10%. That's how many people have impact to control your organizational culture, dynamics, success, or what happens around you. So we need to build the individual. Then we can build the team. Then we can resolve the department. And then we can start to do your business optimization around understanding the new world of digital marketing, the new ZMOT challenges of zero moment of truth, and becoming more client-focused. Because as the world is changing, marketing is completely changed. You know, the, the war for talent is changing. The world is now flat. And so this isn't a one-hit wonder where you walk in, you paint the new paint on the wall, and suddenly everything changes. This is about building and growing and developing and creating a system systematically that incrementally gets better, faster, stronger, more powerful, more efficient, and more effective on an ongoing basis using as part of that the Appreciative Inquiry Foundation. Within the clear system, within the clear profit levels, there are five levels that we take people through. And the first level is real which is about resilience and relationships, trust and engagement and energy, appreciative approach and mindset, 
And then leadership with love or leadership with heart and bringing the heart back into the organization. Because that then starts to create the platform from which we spring off to start to build and grow your people and your teams. The next level is fearless. And fearless is about getting beyond the fear, building confidence, competence, happiness, that fiercely focused appreciative action with new attitudes, and then handling reality, handling the reality of the situation, of the culture, of the organization, of the competitive domain and the competitive market. The third one is bulletproof, and that's because at this level we are starting to build people that have the right mindset at their core. Their identity has shifted, and they are mentally, emotionally, and energetically bulletproof. We do work in call centers with very hot kitchens. People take a lot of abuse, and we're able to realign and re-get people internally to re-identify and manage these high-pressure situations and circumstances. Level one is real. Level two is fearless. Level three is bulletproof. Level four is about soul. It's what is the soul purpose? What is the contribution to the whole? It's what are our strengths and how are we shaping the future? Are we organized and optimized to take advantage of opportunities and enhance our innovation? Are we building an unconditional, unleashed, and, and, and unified management, meaning, mastery, and leadership environment? And then that leadership, are we leveraging our leadership within the social leadership in the organization, in the team? Are we building high-performance teams? Are we building high-performance leadership? And level five of the cleric system is spirit, purpose beyond profit, building a positive business that has positive impact for humanity and not just the shareholders. You know, Are we building synergy and strategically managing our business? Do we have purpose beyond profits? Do we have meaning right through the entire organization? Do we work with love? Are we leaving a legacy? Are we working with integrity, with positive character? Are we being authentic? The reality of the environment, are we addressing? Are we adding a, are we doing a service that actually adds value to society and to humanity? Or are we just doing something because it can make us a quick buck? The final T in the spirit is truth, transformation, and terror threats. How do we align our resources, our energy, our efforts that addresses the bigger picture, the bigger challenges that come to us that are, and things that are happening in the world? A system like this is made up of multiple components. Same as your, your racing vehicle, you've got hundreds and hundreds of components that go in to build this incredible machine. And I want to just share some of the methodologies and, and processes that we use in building a clear organization and building a high-performance organization. In my research and my studies, I've looked at finding the best processes and frameworks that we can then use and incorporate at different stages and in different circumstances that are effective, they are proven, they deliver the goods. We are expert facilitators in the processes so some of those would be appreciative inquiry, things like blue ocean strategy, higher ground leadership, positive psychology, the science of happiness at work, neurolinguistic programming, fundamental, as in part of the building of your, your workplace culture, the theory of constraints, uh, AQ or adversity intelligence, the ADCAR change management framework, the AIT awareness immersion technologies, creative conflict management, the Chialdini persuasion and influence models, Covey's Accelerated Trust Systems. And then all of this is basically run on a foundation of human performance technologies, HPT, which I did when I was part of Professor Stoltz's work, the guy that started uh, Resilience out of the International Society for Performance Improvement. And then incorporating things like tribal leadership principles, understanding the new neurotechnologies and mindsets and how people react and change. So the CLEAR system is about building a powerful and transformative profit-producing recipe with experiential action learning that facilitates sustainable, deep, and positive change, builds collaboration and effective self-teams and business. It's about building that psychological capital, building psychological assets, and the core relationships on a real potent foundation of trust and openness and collaboration, confidence, competence, with a fierce focus on relationships and results that are about relationship building, that are about organizational survival and thrival. At the end of the day, it's about helping the individual, the team, and the organization address what is our destiny, 
What is our cause and what is our calling? The whole system moves away from this deficit thinking, naming, blaming, shaming to a constructive, uplifting, positive process where we are more conscious, we are more effective, we are more cohesively focused towards collaboration, communicating, connecting and building a family in the workplace as opposed to having these high conflict kind of environments. In order to achieve this, like any kind of recipe, there is a formula, there's a format that we go through. And so our clear process goes through a specific immersion action learning cycle in order that we embed and impact and create sustainable change, which means that you have shifts that last and are able to be rolled out through your entire organization because people have a new way of thinking. And that begins with information and assessments, and we then use that to create edutainment, feedback, filtering, and focus points where people can start to understand the consequences and impacts and opportunities and possibilities. And from that point of view, we then get into exploration, exploring using as positive appreciative inquiry style structures. What could be? What are we looking for? What are the challenges? What are the opportunities? What are the next steps that are needed? And that's built into action learning experiences where people embed and encode and re-engineer their identity based on direct feedback and experience. And then we use the adult learning cycle of, so what is the reflection? What did I learn? How can I apply this? How can I use this? What shifts can I make? And then clarifying the intentions and then application. How do we get to execution and application in applying this back into our workplace? And so the whole intention of this system is this process is to go way beyond just leadership. This clear X system is designed to be life-changing for the participants and for your individuals and team and staff, but to be life-giving for your business. Business, I see in so many environments, is not a, there's no fun for people. And if there's no fun for people, it's not sustainable, not enjoyable, not engaging. So how do you bring more fun back into your workplace? How do you get to understand and have some kind of an x-ray machine in to understand the flow? You know, so many people try and they have roles or jobs or titles and they're expected to implement and get stuff executed. But I have seen many times it's the people within the organization that are the social leaders that have the impact. So we have a process called social network analysis and we have dashboards, clear X dashboards that help us to understand where the individual is, where the team is, where the department is, how leadership is working, what's happening within business, what's happening around customers. So once you understand and you have a real picture, so many people, like when you drive your car, you have a dashboard with oil pressure and temperature and fuel and your speedometer and your revs. So you have a dashboard that's giving you real-time feedback on how your car is doing. What's your real-time feedback on how your business is doing? What's the real-time feedback on the well-being and the health and the engagement and the happiness and the stress levels of your team? And so many people are basically they're driving their business and they come from a perspective of, well, they're looking at some numbers. And then when they eventually do wake up and discover, oops, there's a problem, then it's too late. It's like balancing a large pole. If you make micro-constant adjustments, you can then keep the balance. But there gets a point of no return where it doesn't matter what you can do. Trying to turn that thing around, is it's unlikely that you will succeed. And so, so many people are busy chasing things and they don't have the real-time feedback and understanding and of what is happening. They don't have a foundation that ensures that the core of the organization, the heartbeat, is positive and healthy and sustainable. In this whole cleric system, the foundation that I spoke about earlier is based on human performance technology. And so in doing the analysis, we use the human performance framework that basically comes from a perspective that says, what is it that you want? What are you getting? There's some, there will be some kind of a gap between what you need, want, and plan, have planned for, and some kind of uh, reality of where the performance and the results and the things are. So that gap is then, that performance gap is then analyzed to see what is the cause of that? Is it an emotional intelligence? Is it an adversity intelligence? Is it a leadership issue? Is it an IQ issue? Is it a policies, processes, procedures? 
what are the, the different cause analysis of these, these areas that are causing a problem? And from that perspective, we then create and design interventions that address those issues, customized to address those issues. So if you've ever seen a Formula One racing car on the track, They've got these uh, telemetry systems and they've got hundreds of things that they're monitoring and checking and managing in real time that they can say, okay, there's a problem here on the suspension. There's a, there's a, a vibration here on this and there's an issue here on that. And so they have a real time ability to address those things. And so we use the same human performance technology flow process to say, where are we now? Where do we want to be? What's the gap? What's the cause of this gap? What do we need to do to fix it? And then implement it, evaluate it, and that should then improve and go through your culture and context and leadership. And it should improve the actual performance that you're getting and start to close those gaps. And so for many people, it's not just one gap. There are many gaps within an organization of what they want and what they're getting and that disparity. And so we help you by using the human performance technology model and framework to be able to understand that and address that. One of the things for me that's always been important in the work that we do in our research is understanding the whole human element part of it, what I call profit, profit, you know, the, the money, profit, the money, soothsayer, the future seer. And so I study a lot of people in the, the environment that do extensive research. And one of them is a guy called David Meister who deals in service organizations. And what he discovered is that there are areas that you can invest time and money, but the return, your return on investment isn't always exactly the same. And so what he discovered, training and development gives you about a 1.1 times return. Long-term orientation gives you a 2.3 times return. Building commitment, enthusiasm and respect gives you 2.6. Empowering your staff gives you 2.9. Building satisfaction, engagement and morale gives you a 3.2. Positively raising standards and culture gives you a 3.9 times return. Incorporating coaching and mentoring into the organization can give you a four times return. Making sure that the, the workplace is seen as fair. Understanding neuropsychology and neuroleadership. A fair felt compensation can give you a 4.3 times return. And then things like quality and client relationships can give you an eight times return. You have money that you invest, time and effort and resources that you invest, what kind of returning are you getting on those things? At the end of the day, we all want, if you're smart and savvy, you want some kind of return on your investment. But what are you getting? And so we found that there's a, a large part of success in this return on investment is around management style, how they impact, how they affect, how they interact with people. And many people, and we know from the leadership researchers, many leaders aren't. They're in a leadership position, but they are not leaders in their behavior. We know from our research with the clear ex-entrepreneurial mindsets that there essentially are four lenses that most leaders, managers, and entrepreneurs focus through. And that's either that their brain wiring is their strategic, their big thinkers, they take the long-term view, they the, are the activations, the entrepreneurs, that they, they make things happen, they innovate, they activate, they do what they need to do to make it happen. There's the relational managers, which are they self-aware, they self-manage, they build strong relationships, they have high social awareness, and this is where the women typically tend to shine. And the final one is tough, that just by pure sheer perseverance, persistence, and necessity, they keep on going until something finally happens. And so understanding which is your mindset, which is your default mental wiring and identity of yourself and your staff will help you to be able to improve their performance as well. We know from the research around the world from a variety of sources that essentially there are specific areas of focus and of thinking styles and mindset that help the average to become not so average. So think about it on the level of risk taker. What are you like? What are your staff like? What kind of people have you employed? What is the culture like around risk-taking? How strong is your business focus? So often people are doing the things that they've been doing every day, but if you ask them what is our core strategic focus, they wouldn't have an idea. Think about determination. How strong, how determined are you or your staff? 
how good a delegator are you? Do you try and do everything yourself? Or are you able to delegate some of the responsibility and activity proactively out into the world and build recognition and validation? Are you a knowledge seeker and a grower that you're constantly sharpening the sword, bringing business-relevant information, knowledge, advantages, and understandings? How good is your creative thinking? How do you explore new ideas, new boundaries, appreciative inquiry, blue ocean strategy kind of new markets, new opportunities, thinking through the challenges that you have? How good is your confidence? I always talk about trust, And success needs confidence to get you on the field, but it needs competence to keep you on the field. And then connection and communication to start to make you wealthier and build your business. Think about how good are you as a promoter. Do you speak and present well? Do you communicate? Do you have a clear vision that's articulated out into the world with a positive, supportive story? Many leaders that, and managers that I watch, they try and be, be this whole independent, completely self-reliant, which in one aspect is good, but interdependence also is very good. But having an independent sense of responsibility and accountability is a vital component of any success in organization. And then the final one is relationship builders. How good are you at building, connecting, communicating, maintaining, upgrading? Because relationships enable us to collaborate and connect and communicate rather than compete the whole time. So think about it. What are the areas that you could improve for yourself, for your team, for your business that would begin to transform your organization, begin to transform the culture around where you work? There are specific, what we call KPIs for the Clear X Profit System so that you can motivate, monitor, measure and manage. And so understanding, you know, measuring and understanding your customers and your prospects in the competition. There's also measuring and understanding your commercial performance, your profit margins, return on investments, cash conversion cycles, revenue growth rates and all of those. And there's also understanding your constraints and processes. What are the constraints that you have? What needs to happen for you to address those constraints as you go out into the world? And so the entire design of our clear system is a framework that you can use to take yourself from where you are to where you want to be. And so I just want to cover the framework. The clear system is culture, your leadership, Engagement and happiness, appreciative action, and mindset readiness, psychological capital, and skill sets, C-L-E-A-R. And the final magic to this whole process, the X, which is to the power of, to the power of two, or to the power of ten, or to the power of a thousand, and that's the execution. You can have all of these things, but if you want the benefits and the advantages that will give to you, the execution part of the system is vital. But that starts at the top. It starts from shifting your approach, your mindset, and building meaning and autonomy and mastery into the system for the individuals. Because if you're coming at from a point of view of leadership or greedership as opposed to leadership, that mindset, that attitude is going to be pervasive through your organization. And that will then change the culture, that will then change the context, and that will change how people connect, communicate, and compete out into the world. The X in the system is execution because you can have people with the right mindsets. You can have the right context and culture. You can have the right environment with engagement and appreciative inquiry. But execution is where you live and die. Many people have got these huge strategy documents. They can't execute. People have these plans and bosporada, but they come back and they cannot execute. And that's the X. It's to the power of to the power of two, to the power of three, to the power of ten. When you can execute to that power of something, that's the thing that puts you well ahead of the pack. So it's C-L-E-A-R and then to the power of X, which is the execution component of the process, and that's where everything comes together and where the shift happens. So get smart, get savvy. Start to think. My goal is to be to share with you some of the wisdom and knowledge and frameworks that I've put together that we use in our recipe for transforming and turning around organizations and teams to be, do, and have a whole lot more. If you'd like to talk to us, you can get a hold of me. 
Tony DeVale on 083-447-6300. Once again, 083-447-6300. Or you can go to my Clear X website. That's http colon front slash front slash clear system dot shift dot za dot net. That is clearsystem.shift.za.net, and you can find all of the information that I've been speaking about there. But get a hold of us. You can send me an email to clear at coachfree.com, C-L-E-A-R, at coach, as in soccer coach, free as in no cost, no charge, dot com. We'd love to be able to work with you, to collaborate with you, explore, innovate, and energize your team, your organization, so that you can transform and impact the world in bigger ways and leave a lifelong lasting legacy. This has been Tony Duval. I've enjoyed my time with you. We'd love to find a way to collaborate. Give us a call sometimes. Thank you very much. If you'd like a free assessment on the Cleric system or mindsets, surf along to www.lifemasters, that's L-I-F for Freddie, E-M-A-S-T-E-R-S, .co.za that's lifemasters.coza and on the top you will see free go checkup go and register there we'll happily give you a free assessment that you can begin to use to understand and check inside your organizational functioning and possibility and we'd love to find a way to collaborate and work with you bye bye Hi and welcome, this is Tony Duvel, founder of Life Masters and author of Swift Success and the creator of the ClearX Performance Optimization System. And for this first part, I just wanted to speak to you about the why. Why did I create the system? Why is it important? And why should you listen to me? From our close to 30 years of work and research in doing team building, leadership development and deep dive personal transformation and self-mastery, We've come to see certain patterns, and from the research, we've able, been able to create solutions to some of the challenges that we found. And then along with extensive research on a global basis, we know that there's academic-level work that shows the five core areas of intervention that will actually impact the bottom line. And so we've taken the best of the best that we can find in the world, and we've created our clear X performance optimization system that addresses three areas, the individual, the team or department, and then the organization. And so the question is, why is this important? And so the first in the clear model, C, is the culture. And if we work from the highest level to sort of the 50,000 foot viewpoint, country culture plays a huge role in how people show up in the world, how they relate, how they engage, how they connect, communicate, and collaborate. And specifically in environments like ours where we have such a, a diverse range of cultures, this is the, the foundation, the way the politics and the leadership show up, whether there's conflict, connection, integrity, whether there's greedership or leadership. And then one level down from that, we have racial cultures. What are the qualities of those racial cultures? Because we know in our research, in an organizational culture, up to 60% of the results are due to the organizational culture. But we know that if the cultures exist, we just don't know how to manage it or how to measure it that easily. But we do have ways we can do that. So we see in organizations, people bring their home culture to work. And then you have 10 or 12 different kinds of cultures, if not more, with the international people that we have around us. And that then creates a whole lot of conflict and no kind of alignment within the organizational space, which then comes down to one level on the company culture. So many people think that skill set is so important. While skill set is so important, the mindset is even more important. Company culture is something that leaders are the ones that have to address and focus and improve and enhance. But changing a culture isn't something you do in seconds. It takes a while. There's work, there's effort, there's focus, there's understanding, there's behavioral shifts that need to occur. 
the challenge that you have is when a new person comes to your organization within less than a week they will pick up on the culture in the organization in the department because they're open and amenable and so culture is a foundation and the context where people work is it safe and friendly and easy or is it an unsafe place coming down from that we then get to the leadership culture what kind of qualities what kind of values do the leaders exemplify is there integrity is there not and so many people think that there are secrets they might be doing things and they think it's secret but then the reality is stuff has a way of slipping out. You know, the, the secretary tells on the boss's uh, indiscretions. Or, there's always somebody that's going to tell someone about what's happening within, with respect to the leadership integrity and leadership culture and leadership style. And that's about do you walk your talk as a leader? And then that comes down to the departmental and the team cultures. Depending upon the makeup of the teams, you might find there's a dominance of one home culture in a team, and that then creates some kind of dysfunction or conflict. And in all of our research, trust has been a core issue fundamentally in every single team. And that's, I trace that all the way back up to the levels of uh, leadership and race uh, culture having a, a direct impact. So unless we address that starting from the top down and the bottom up, we're going to always struggle and we'll never get to becoming world class. The second part of it is leadership. Why is leadership important? And we know from our Science of Happiness at Work and the Gallup research, at least 70% of leaders aren't. 70% of leaders aren't leaders. They are people in leadership roles, position, and function, but they do not have the behavior, the mindset, the attitude, the skill set that brings out that leadership perspective in people around them. So the challenge is the people in the lower levels don't have good role models, and the role models that they do have in the environment aren't necessarily towards good role models of leadership. In fact, in many of the times, if you look at the media, the social media, the newspapers, the TV, we hear of corruption and we hear of those breaks in really good leadership quality. And so we need to bring that back. What is a leader and how do they behave and what, how do they get the best out of their people? We need to be able to remove the politics because we have a workplace that is highly politicized. So the moment you have that, Everything else gets tainted from that perspective. And that then impacts on the next level of challenge, which is about engagement, happiness at work, going the extra mile, creating a, well, a workplace that builds well-being and thriving and flourishing, where people love to come to work. And there are so many places that we see people are just there for the money. There's no meaning. There's no mastery. There's no magic. They're just there for the money. And many times the money might be a, a substantial amount ahead of their competence and their skill and their value added, but there's still this feed me, see more, give me more, give me more greed that drives a lot of the people. And so if we're going to build an engaging workplace where people love to come to work, where people collaborate and communicate and connect, we have to change the leadership. We have to change the culture. We have to change the meaning of work. We have to change how we engage and work with people's mindsets and bring out their skill sets and leverage their talents. The fourth part of the clear model being culture, leadership, engage, the fourth one is action, appreciative action. We come from, typically we behave in a deficit-focused environment where we look at what is the problem, who's the cause, now let's solve them. Versus using a structure like appreciative inquiry where we come from a positive perspective of what do we want more of, what does success look like, which will bring out the energy and that engagement part of the process. Creating an, an organizational and a platform and an experience where action is rewarded, where we reward results rather than effort, where the work is collaborative and synergistic and innovative. But at the end of the day, sitting on our butts doing nothing Putting our hands out is not going to get us anywhere. If we're going to become world-class, high-performance organizations, the behavioral shift that needs to happen is the right kind of action. And then the final section of why is readiness, mindset readiness, staff readiness, skill set readiness. I see many uh, claims by politicians and political parties and all of these NGOs saying, we're going to create 15 million new jobs. Seldom do they deliver on their promise, number one, which in its own creates a real challenge. But the problem is the jobs for who? 
What kind of jobs? We've moved away from this old, agrarian, industrial kind of environment where it's technology, it's about service, it's about mindset, it's about experience. We're in the emotional and energy economy. We're in the service economy where the world is flat. Your competition now is on a global basis. We need people with the right attitudes, with the right mindsets, with the right skill sets that are resilient and robust. They have grit. They have good psychological capital. But they have to have the right mindset to start. An unhappy, highly skilled person with a bad attitude is the most destructive thing you can have in your team. 10% of a system controls a system. If your people don't have the right mindset, you're in for hell. So that all starts with hiring for attitude and hiring for mindset. The challenge we have is so many people look at, so what are your skills? What have you studied? They don't actually see the underlying foundation of all success is a growth-oriented mindset with high levels of psychological capital and self-efficacy and self-belief and an identity that allows the person to collaborate and connect and communicate and to build a team. We're only going to do this by building teams that are high performance, high skill, high mindset. This is not a one-man game. This is a team game. This is a group game. This is a company and then a country game. But the fundamental of why for us to get the how is you're not going to achieve anything sustainable with the wrong mindsets. We've seen it already. Look around you. There are many jobs available, but the people don't have the capacity or the competence. I watch often this uh, online, these auditions to sing. I'm astounded. Sometimes the quality of people that go along that think they can qualify to sing, if they listen to themselves, they become the laughing stock of the country because they stand up there and squeak like crazy. And you might say, well, yeah, well, that's great that they're brave enough and they're courageous enough. You know, courage only takes you so far. You have to have something that takes you the rest of the way. And if Africa is going to become world class, if South Africa is going to become world class, if your organization is going to become world class, if your team and your people are going to become world class, you need a system and a process and a framework and a methodology that starts to engineer the person from the inside out. And that's why I designed the CLEAR system. I will teach you a little bit more about it for the next 40 minutes. The why is you're never going to succeed unless we start with the right foundation. And that's my big why I built the ClearX system.